Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone. It's a pre-record and it's one of those super fancy pre-records because we're going to be in three locations today. We are taxing our technical abilities. I'm clearly at home. Dr. Mary, where are you? I'm in my luxurious office with its lovely lava lamp. <laughs> Dr. Mary is back at work now as chair of his department, but we have a guest to bring on who we just met seconds ago, but I have had the great privilege of getting to hear his commencement address at his university. So we're going to talk about that and a whole series of other things. Dr. Mary, let's just get right to it, don't you think? Oh, yes. Let's bring on Freddie Chagag. Hello, Freddie. Hey, Hello. What an honor and a privilege it is to be here. I, I'm finally glad we were um, able to make this happen. Thank y'all for being so kind about my schedule and working with y'all. Thanks for the work you're doing. I didn't realize, um, I, I, I didn't realize like how powerful and how big your platform is. Um, y'all are doing wonderful, amazing things. Well, that's kind of you to say. You just happened to mention that you were with the um, governor of Philadelphia. So I feel like <laughs> in the grand scheme of where you're spending time, Freddie, we're a little yeah. fish in the big pond, but we're happy wow. to have you with us. Bless you. Yeah, I'm blessed. God is good. I'm just very, very blessed. Well, Freddie, let's talk. Uh, um, let's get started the way we often start, which is just give us your there to hear story and start your there wherever you want to go back to okay. and then work us forward to how in the world it is we're with you today. Okay, bless you. Uh, first of all, I pray everybody's safe and healthy. I always say that considering the times we're in. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, it's been a journey, right? Um, you know, I, I'm a person in recovery of six years. I just celebrated six years, June 21st. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, God is good. Um, it started at nine, getting high off my asthma inhaler, led me to my first psych unit. Um, I had a mother that got sober when I was in third grade, went to treatment once for five days. She's never relapsed for 30 years in September. Wow. Um, she also worked in this field. You know, this is all I've ever known. All I've ever known my whole life is recovery and, and substance use disorder. I've only known one or the two. Um, so, yeah, uh, long story short, uh, life of, um, you know, addiction. Um, and then almost, yeah, six years ago, a man found me downtown, homeless, dumpster diving, beggar for change. Um, I had quit on life. He, he found me. I said, sir, like it's over. I, I'm not good at life. I failed as a human. Let me die right here. And he said, brother, I don't know his name. He's an angel from God. He said, you're not dying today. He called the ambulance. He handed me a pill and a bottle of water and he prayed with me. He saved my life. Um, and if you never know anything about Philadelphia, you know, we have a homeless epidemic. So the fact that he stopped at me, uh, is that was an angel. Yeah. So it gets me, I entered treatment and this time something changed. Um, and what really changed was I, I gotta be honest, two things. One, I'm in the basement of a treatment facility and I'm going through the clothes and the guy asked me, did I want to pick out underwear? And it had hit me that I was going through the underwear that weren't stained. 
and the humility in that and how that felt. I never wanted to be in that feeling again. Then I called my mother. My mom said, um, Freddie, I hope I didn't get sober to bury you because I will. And I'm only child. So think about how how hard that has to be and how strong my mom is in recovery to say, I, I'm okay with burying my son because I need to keep my recovery. So that told me where she was at. So I got hungry, did 78 days. I got out, uh, met my wife, and I went back to school. My first paper I ever wrote, I failed out of six schools. My first paper I ever wrote ends up getting published in the Philadelphia Inquirer op-ed section, which leads to a school in New Jersey calling me, which then leads to me starting a company. And then now I just graduated Westchester University and I got a full-time motivated speaking company. I travel the country and speak all over. Miracle. Fantastic. Miracle. Amazing. Amazing. And I just want to say that we'll put up a link to your website, which has your commencement address. And one of my favorite things you did in that address is you called out to your mom. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, there she was. She stood up. I burst right into tears because I also only have one son. Right. So you get our, it. You get it. Our experience has been very different, but I know your mother doesn't love you any less than I love mine. Of course and not. So to think about that journey that that she has been on, on her behalf and on your behalf, and now your journey is just really, really incredible, Freddie. So congratulations. Also, yeah. congratulations on being able to so succinctly tell an epic story in about two minutes. You've worked on that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I gotta be honest when they, uh, bless you with a check that feeds your family, you learn how to critique. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, so and you true. both are in academia. So you know how these abstracts get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guilty is challenged. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Well, okay, so you've started this company, The Message. Yep. Um, I mean, it's, it feels like the title makes it pretty clear what you talk about, but just talk to us about what you're doing now in this phase of your life. Yeah, so um, I got to be real honest. This was not the plan. I was not going to do this because I was too nervous. And my wife said, uh, it was a Sunday morning. She makes me pancakes every Sunday. I'm very lucky. And... Uh, I said, Cam, I can't do this. I had the LLC paperwork up. And she said, Freddie, you've been given a gift. It would be selfish for you not to share it. Hit enter and let's go. And thank God I did that because it led me, education became the uh, pathway to a new life. Basically what happened is, is that I realized that when I was digging in the dumpster, I wasn't digging in there for me. I was digging in there to come out of that to help the next kid never have to go through that. So I learned how to take the greatest pain and make it my greatest fruit. Right. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that I've taken all the experience and things I've gone through and now I put it into different forms of speeches and I speak it around the country. So right now where I'm at, by God's grace is I'm in the greatest season of my speaking career. What I mean by that is I just was the first undergraduate speaker at Nassau National Institute of Staff and Development. Um, they've never had an undergraduate speaker there in their 40 year history. And they had me on to tell my story. And that led to, and y'all know this from being in education, if you speak at these conferences, especially the big ones, the people that work at the schools are there and that's how you get in. And so what that led to is me finding out that there's a need for what I'm talking about. Like we live in a world where stigma edu outweighs education, right? I talk about something that only a book can teach so much. My life experience plus the stats, plus the fact that I can tell it puts me in a room. Now, let me be honest. 
Every room I speak at, every conference I've been at, I've been the lowest degree in the room. I was just at the JFF Horizons conference. There was like three cabinet members speaking down there. There was all these type of people, New York Times, all this stuff. I was the lowest degree in the room, but they can't argue with my talent and my experience. So where my company is at, honestly, is I'm trailblazing. I'm opening up doors. And the reason I'm opening up them doors is because I'm talking about mental health and substance abuse. And I keep telling people and I keep saying this. This is the one area of life, no matter who you are, no matter what money you got, mental health and substance abuse disorder affects every human being walking on this planet somehow, some way. So because of that, doors open. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, everybody can relate. I certainly did not have any real sense of that until we went public with our story either. I, it's easy right. to think that nobody else knows what you are going through because it's such an isolating thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and there's shame to it. Go ahead. Right. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Uh, Go ahead. No, there, there's shame to it, right? Like, yes. like we download shame from other people, right? So yeah. like in my house, I'll give you an example. Growing up, it was, how are you doing? How's your resume and all that? I made it in my house. Now we sit down with our kids. I got a granddaughter by now. God is good. But when we sit down, it's, okay, look, I, I'm not really worried. My daughter has 16 months sober and I tell her all the time, I'm not worried about you know, your resume. I'm not worried about the keynotes. I'm not worried about your car and a new job. I need to know how you're doing, right? Like, why is it odd? It's normal to sit down at 21 and say, hey, I had a 21st birthday, got drunk, went out. So why can't it be the same as, hey, I got a new therapist. Yeah. Hey, I'm taking new medicine. Like, uh -huh. I'm trying to change the way we see things. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it's, it's an imperative, I think, um, if you've lived through something to be, to find a way to share it, because you're, you're right. The shame piece is so significant and it's, and it is so overwhelming to even know where, where do I start to unpack any of this? Because we just don't talk about it. If you get sick um, physically, we know you go to the doctor and the doctor right. gives you medicine and, you know, right. the, the whole network of your community steps in in whatever way they need to. We have to figure out how to create that same network around mental health and addiction. I, I keep saying it. If I can drink a beer with my dad at 21 and go fishing and that's normal, then I should be able to say, hey, I need to go to therapist and get medication. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's backwards. Yeah. Brady, you are awesome. Right there. <laughs> bless you. Bless you. you like, no, where's that accent from? Oh, God. Well, my parents are Irish. I grew okay. up in Windsor in England, and I oh. lived all around England, lived in Scotland for a while, and I've been living in the upper Midwest for 21 years, as you can tell. I always I wanted to go to London, always. Well, you still can. Yeah. they got a lot of addicts over there, too, so there'll be an opportunity for you to talk. Yeah, they do. Right. They, they need good. help there, too. All right, yeah. good. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Okay, so what's next for you? All right, so... Um, here's what it looks like. So by God's grace and mercy, we graduated summa cum laude. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and we start grad school online to get my MPA, because what I'm learning is the decisions about this world are made in rooms of policy. A lot of those people in those rooms don't look like Freddie or have Freddie's background. So what I want to do is, is I was just talking to somebody. I have a coach who's been my coach like without paying her since I started, I like just figured that out literally right now as I'm saying this. Um, but she said, I have four buckets, the policy, my education, my speaking, I'm writing my first book and mentoring other people. 
So I'm going online. I'm taking six credits, uh, MPA through Westchester University, grad school. I got to do it online because my speaking company, by God's grace, has grown to the point where I can't be in-person thing. So I'll do that online. And then I have, I'm waiting to hear back from LSU to end of this month, but um, I'm going to South Texas College next month, the keynote. I'll be the first speaker they had since the pandemic. I'm doing a convocation. Then in uh, first week of September, I'm going to Minnesota State College to speak for three days. Uh, and they flew me out and they're paying for me to go to Packer game. Thank you, Jesus. Then um, I'm going to Rutgers Camden to be the master of ceremonies at Hope Center, the Hope Center out of Temple University. They're having Cory Booker, the senator out of New Jersey, as a yeah. keynote and the undersecretary of the uh, United States. And then I will be a keynote slash MC for that. Then, that's at Rutgers Camden. Then I'm going to Denver to speak at Claire Brown Academy. It's the first school that they built based off of not brick and mortar, but it's based off of like business and stuff. And then I got a couple other virtual ones. And then that's it for now. And I write my first book. So you have. Well, I hope this kicks off for you, Freddie. Uh, I really do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but listen, I, I need to be really clear about this. I am just really blessed. Like, oh, yeah. well, like, God has just saw to it doors to open. I'm real thankful. Well, I think. Well, that is fantastic. And I wish you the very best of luck with all that. And well deserved, too. I, I think it's really important to note that doors can open, but you still have to walk through them. Facts. You know. Yeah. So um, I I think gratitude is such a valuable and, and important place to live in. Yes. But those doors could have, I mean, the, the guy who reached out to you six years ago opened a door for you. You still had to walk through it. Absolutely. Because um, I've been, so we're very clear, I've been to 35 treatment centers that I remember, like 15 sites that I remember, filled out of six colleges. Wow. Like I didn't, this wasn't day one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, this took time. So, yeah. you know. Wow. Okay. So what, um, what do you want people to know about six and a half year ago, Freddie? Cause, mm. cause it's easy mm. to walk past somebody on the street and make assumptions about that person. What do you want people to know Ooh. about him? Oh, mm. Damn girl. That's a good question. Okay. So I want you to know that, uh, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. Okay. Mm. So before this suit, there was one time where I was standing around a Ritz Carlton. I was begging for change. Okay. So I had this idea that I beg for change by the Ritz Carlton because the Ritz would give me money. You know who gave me money when I was begging for change homeless was the single parent moms at the bus stop with their last 20. Yep. So I'm begging for change around the corner from Ritz Carlton and a lady with a white dress, white lady. I'm saying white because I don't know her name, obviously. She walks past me and I said, obviously, you know, I'm having a bad day. May I have some money? She spit on me and then she said, nigger, get a job. I thank that lady, though. And everybody says, why? Because every time I think maybe I could go get higher, maybe, you know, I've gotten to a point where I could have a beer and watch the game. I'm reminded of where I can be placed back at. All pain ain't bad pain. So I want you to understand that people that are homeless, I always say this. You weren't handed from the doctor to your mom and said, hey, at 30, he's going to be eating out of a dumpster. OK, that's not the plan when you're born. There's a series of things that happened that led me to that point. Also, I want people to understand is that when you see a homeless person, especially in America, and you say, why don't they just go get a job? You know what I learned coming out of homelessness? You can work as hard as you want. You can have 
it is all as you want. But if you don't have support, it don't matter. I know generations of families that can't get ahead, not because they don't work hard, not because they're not smart, not because they're not intelligent, because they don't have the networks to pursue things because those doors don't open. The other thing I want people to know. So there's a structure in homelessness. Some of the homeless shelters that take in homeless people get federal money. And in that federal money, they're not allowed to have people there on narcotics. Well, some of the people, when they get wet, when they get, um, they get to a shelter, they see a psychiatrist, some of the psychiatric meds they need to take to get well have narcotics in them. So I want people to understand there's a system that's in place. There's major holes in that system. And that's why you see a lot of the homeless people you see. Nobody ends up homeless just because they're stupid or just because they don't want to work hard. There's a lot of things that got to transpire. I would also say this, be mindful of the people you see on the street because they might've been a stockbroker. They might've been a lawyer. They might've been a teacher. That person got a story. Some of the smartest people I've met are homeless. You know why? Because the library is open to all people. And guess where the homeless hang at? The library, because it's a free place to go all the time. I had a guy in the library who was homeless. This is a true story. And I was sitting there talking about America and all this. I thought I knew everything. He gave me the greatest tongue lashing of history that I've ever heard in my natural life, better than any money I ever paid to school in anything. So I would just say, like, the six years ago, Freddie was not supported, didn't have self-esteem, wasn't empowered, and also mental health and drug addiction. I wasn't on my medication. I wasn't seeking a therapist. I wasn't eating elderberry. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't eating healthy and working out and around good people. And that led me to where I'm at. That's what I would say. Yeah. Wow. Well, Freddie, congratulations on um, walking through the door. Yeah. Yes. And yes. and having it stick. It's just an incredible story. You're an incredible person. I can't wait to continue to watch your journey. Yeah. Thank You're you. Getting started. I, I, yeah, I uh, I feel humbled to know y'all. I really when uh, my buddy Alex has sent this. Um, knowing how uh, good of a man he great of a man he is and what he does for this world and then i read y'all stuff and saw y'all video i was like oh they're oh like i almost came out here with a suit it was just hot today in my house well this is my best fleece actually just so <laughs> right. okay i see i like it so where are y'all teachers at schools right or, or like y'all work in academia I, I don't anymore, but Naz does. I do. I'm, I'm a biology professor, Minnesota State University. Yes, well, I'm keynote in Minnesota State College. That's yeah, where, where are you coming, Freddie? What town? Um, September 9th, because of the Packer games, the first week of football. So that's the 11th through the 15th. I'm staying in, I'm flying into FERC. No, I'm flying into Minnesota because I got to stay in St. Paul by the stadium. Oh, yeah. And then I'm driving up and I'm standing at the Jasper Hotel and I'm speaking at Ferguson Falls campus. Jasper Hotel is in our hometown. Okay, well, then I'll see. All right, we'll exchange. I'll see. We'll, be in, we'll be in touch and we'll. Yeah, we'll exchange, I, I, yeah, I need places to eat. I need to, Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be in touch and we'll meet in person. Freddie, that thank you for joining absolutely us. Absolutely fantastic. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're having a community event too. Y'all might as well just come. I have a one that's open to community. Everybody can come. We will we will touch base and get all that information out because a lot of our audience are local people too. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to be in touch. Everybody else, uh, don't forget 
what Freddie had to say about six years ago. Freddie, it's easy to look at this guy and say, wow, he's incredible. He's no more incredible than he was six years ago. He just had some different opportunities yeah. and said yes. So you think yeah. you're going to keep on. You're just starting to wind up. I, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you. I'm uh, it's it's, it's going to be fantastic to keep track of where you your upward trajectory now. I Thank think you. you're just, just going to get greater, I think. Thank you. Send me this link because I want to tweet it out and put it on. We'll absolutely do it. We're going to talk to everybody else soon. Freddie, thanks All so right. much. Bless y'all. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.